Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We are also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business owner or HR leader and you're needing a competitive employee benefits package to help you retain and attract that top talent, we can help. Check us out to book a free consultation and create a customized benefits package that fits your business and budget. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host, Al McDonald. What's going on, Al? What's new and exciting on your end? Well, always a fun day. Podcast Friday. Always enjoy um, meeting some new people and having some great conversations. So again, looking forward to our conversation today. I think it's going to be fun. I love Podcast Friday, not only because I get to hang out with Al for four or five podcasts because we batch record on Fridays, but we also get to meet some really interesting guests. And today is no exception. And I met this person a while ago. We're working jointly on a case together, and it's just turned into a great working relationship, but also a good friendship. So really happy to welcome Hayden Cole from Dialogue to the show. Thank you, Robin and Al. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And I've really enjoyed getting to meet you, Robin. And meeting you today, Al, and seeing what Aria Benefits is about, and really looking forward to continuing working together in the future. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about dialogue for a second, because I'm hoping and I'm guessing everyone is going to know what dialogue is. And if they don't, maybe we can get into that too. But I've told this many times before. It was really cool when I first had the podcast, and I met someone at Dialogue, and they were downtown, and it was very, very new. And we went and recorded a podcast, And it was really cool to hear about the technology and what they were trying to do at the time. And then I remember coming out of that podcast and driving back to Mississauga or Oakville where offices. And I remember thinking, wow, this is cool. I'm going to start talking to clients about this because this is a really, you know, neat idea. And I remember having conversations with clients and they agreed this was a cool idea. But at that time, it was a nice to have for a lot of clients. So it didn't immediately take off with my clientele anyway. And of course, we know what happened next, right? The pandemic shows up and then dialogue just grew exponentially because I think they leaned into how can we help people get through this? And that was the message I got as a consumer anyway. And we subsequently recorded about a year ago, we recorded again with dialogue. And it was really cool to juxtapose pre-pandemic to post-pandemic. And now, Hayden, as you're seeing, the platform that your team provides and works on has really become table stakes. Employees are are a lot more educated, and I think they're asking for things like this now. So maybe we'll dive into that a little more. But I wanted to talk about you as well, because this show is really about highlighting the person. And as much as we can talk about dialogue, and maybe you'll throw some in there, because I think it's an amazing company, we want to hear a little more about you. So maybe we can start at the beginning, like your career journey. Where did it all start? And then how did you end up at dialogue? Certainly. I honestly, Robin, I wouldn't have pictured myself for starting out my career to be at Dialogue. Uh, initially, if you would have mentioned working in, in virtual care, 
even working in sales as well, it was uh, completely foreign to me. I actually was very passionate about politics and spent the early part of my career um, working in a number of roles, a lot of field organizing and campaign management on a partisan politics side, and then some roles in government as well. And it taught me a lot of great lessons. And also, it was really interesting in terms of taking something that was a passion of mine. Ever since a young age, I was always very politically aware. I remember when I was a very young kid talking to my grandmother, because she, she was out here talking about politics herself and just conversations around the table about where New Brunswick headed, how's Canada doing. And that really got me going in terms of political advocacy. So I was very fortunate that I had the chance to see inside provincial politics, federal politics. I got to manage a campaign for one of the candidates in the Brunswick 2018 provincial election. And I was at the age of 24 and managing a campaign of over 50 people. And then that led to, I worked for some time in the uh, premier's office of, of New Brunswick as well as his executive assistant. And though I ended up leaving politics because I found out that I wanted to separate what that passion from a profession so to speak, it taught me a lot of valuable lessons about leadership, work ethic. It was a very good way to start my career. Though what that led to was a great before the 2019 provincial election. And that was when I got out of politics and, and, and kind of stumbled upon sales. And it seems oftentimes when you meet someone that ends up in sales, it's not often that you, as a, a child, you say, oh, I want to I wanna be a politician. I want to be my local MLA. It, you don't think of, I want to be a salesperson. And for me... It was funny how I initially got into sales because I always had an interest in well in public speaking and I excelled at it. And I thought, oh, I'm a great speaker and presenter. So naturally, I'm going to go into sales. But the ironic thing was I quickly learned that it's a complete opposite. It was about being a, a great listener and being an advisor and enabling others. But what that led in short was I worked for two very small startups in New Brunswick. One was a ed tech company, and we sold a software to help children learn how to code. And the other was an advanced analytics company. And we helped uh, fast-moving consumer goods, so uh, food manufacturers with their forecasting for, uh, for production. And then I somehow ended up in Montreal. And it was funny because I made this change out of politics at the end of 2019. But then quickly by 2020, I transitioned careers with just trying to figure out what sales was really about. But I was working remotely and through 2020. And then by the end of 2020, my girlfriend, actually, she moved out to Montreal before me. So what initially started as a two-week vacation at the very end of 2020 in December, I was here, we spent Christmas together and New Year's, and when it came time to go, I thought to myself, I have my suitcase here, I was planning on moving to Montreal, uh, probably that March or later in 2021 anyways, and I just said, I don't want to leave. So my two-week vacation, I just never left and eventually got my stuff sent out here, shipped to me, and then I stumbled on a dialogue. I'll stop there because I, I, that's part one about how I found dialogue. And then part two of how I actually got, well, there's two ways, actually, I was connected to dialogue. So one, a mentor of mine that was the former premier, I mean, Brunswick, Brian Glenn, he had a connection to dialogue as well. And when he heard I was looking for a job, I think he saw a post on, uh, on LinkedIn at the time. And uh, he mentioned to me, hey, you should look into this company. They're doing really great things. And then coincidentally, the exact same day, you know, uh, Corey Cleanlove and Corey just sent me a out of the blue LinkedIn message and just kind of seemed fortuitous that those two things come together at the exact same time. And a point I'd make there too with how I found Dialogue was the people. Corey struck a really good impression with me. And ever since, I've been very fortunate to grow with Dialogue. Like you mentioned, Robin, when I started, it was right before an IPO. I started in February 20th and the company IPO, I believe, was March 30th of 2021. So I've been able to grow with this company into two roles. I started in a purely business development role and now I'm working as an account executive 
like you mentioned at the top of the show, our work together to support clients as they accept their benefits plans and how they can best uh, support the health of their employees. That brings me that brings me to today. Well, you've got certainly a really interesting background because I don't think we've had anyone on the show who is into politics, at least at the level that you were at. And it's interesting what you said about pivoting into sales and you were a very good public speaker. Nothing scares me more, to be honest, than public speaking. Like to this day, I would be terrified. I'm great in this format. At least I think I'm good. Hopefully I'm good in this format on more or less one-to-one. And it's something I enjoy. Public speaking just really scares me. But you said something that's really important. There was a lesson that took me a few years to learn. And when I did, it was a game changer. And thankfully, I have two business partners who have different personalities, different styles than me. And then when we come together, we can give each other advice. And I remember watching Al in what we would call a discovery call. And Al didn't say much. He would ask a question here or there. And the amount of information that he would get back And I remember thinking, he's a really good listener. That's a skill. And I didn't realize that when I first came into the business, that that is a real skill. And the moment that I tried to emulate that and ask the question and then just sit back in that uncomfortable silence that is inevitably going to be there, people will start answering you and give you the, you know, the real information. And I find it takes that conversation to an entirely different level. So I'm really happy that you talked about, even though you're this great speaker and you can go on and on and on, I'm sure the most important skill you had in sales was listening. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. I think oftentimes a misconception about sales is it's, it's pushed. You're going to push someone to buying something. You're, you're going to bring it to them and they're going to buy it. And it's completely backwards. No one likes to be pushed into anything, right? It's all about pull. And like you mentioned, Robin, and you mentioned the skill you had, Al, in terms of, can you ask the right questions? Can you truly understand if it's a fit for them? And I think the first part of that is building a connection and a relationship and trust. And once you have that trust, understanding that even if it's a fit or not, we're going to work together to help you get one step closer to the solution, even if what you're trying to help them with doesn't turn out being that answer. I want to agree with everything you said. I want to unpack something else that you said, though, in your answer to about why you joined Dialogue, because you said a big part of it was the people. Can you talk a little bit about that? What was it that drew you to these people? What was it that they had that made you want to be part of the team? At this point in my life, one of the most important aspects to me, especially when I was making that career change, was what could I learn from people around me? And my manager at the time reached out to me, and then the conversation we had for 15 minutes, just purely what the role was like versus what I've seen, was the exact opposite of the typical application process that I was doing simultaneously. That I felt like it was a screen call, and it was impersonalized, and this was just hyper-personalized. And then getting into the next interviews and seeing just the caliber of people and the questions they were asking me. And even the way dialogue went about structuring the uh, interview process. What was really interesting is they had a, a something called top grading. So in the final interview, it wasn't about your technical skills. It was just purely about how do you react to adversity? What's your self-awareness like? It was really interesting. And I felt challenged by the interview process and, and it reaffirmed to me that I was making the right choice. And then connecting that. So four months, I looked at the people, but then expanding that past the mission in terms of what you mentioned earlier, Robin, changing the way that Canadians think about their health. And what I mean by that is opposed to, we often like to box things up, that you have your physical health and your family doctor. You might have your therapist that you see. You might be using, let's say, the Apple fitness app to see your steps in a day, or you might be using your smartwatch. And But you put well-being, physical health, mental health, and you silo these things off. And what we're trying to change is that having one place to go where 
no matter what your problem is, you just need to know that you're not feeling right. And having a team of professionals to help you every step of the way and make sure that you're getting the right help, like really making accessibility and the experience so great that people are following through with every step. And then what they're learning from that experience, again, changes the way I think about their health and creates different habits moving forward. So can you maybe expand on that a little bit? And I know we've had guests from uh, Dialogue on before, but maybe can you just dive a little bit into that? And if maybe if there's a viewer that hasn't listened to one of the Dialogue podcasts, like just talk a little bit about what Dialogue does, especially in relation to what you just said. That's a really great question, Alan. I often find sometimes that I'll be stuck up in the clouds at 10,000 foot view and I don't talk about what I'm actually mean by a wellness platform. Yes. <laughs> so what this is, is a platform that works in conjunction with uh, group benefits, in opposed to a traditional model, often when you'll have a health spending account or psychology benefit and the onus is on you to go out and find that counselor you need. What's the counselor certification? How does it fit in terms of benefits eligibility? And it creates a lot of extra steps for someone in terms of how they get help. This has an app that you access on your laptop, like it would be in a Zoom call or on your phone, like, like a FaceTime, and you're speaking with health professionals within the same day. And within the same day, through a range of different services, one being a so telemedicine, so a virtual walk-in clinic in your pocket, through your family to renew prescriptions, ask health questions, and pretty much cover about 80% of what you need to go to a walk-in clinic or your family doctor for. The other is a very unique mental health program in terms that a challenge that's often mentioned when employees are seeking out mental health support is that there's options to go through programs like EAP or EFAP, but there can be a session limit. So they can get help with a certain counselor, but then it feels like they have to change counselors and find someone else and that they're retelling their story. And there can be a challenge with continuity because it's either leverage the AP or go directly to maybe a, a local counselor to receive support. In this model, again, it's helping you find that exact right therapist for you. What are your therapist preference? And it's providing you care through the remission. So as many sessions as needed until you're better. And the last piece I'll mention as well is that there's work-life support. So with that, while you're addressing, say, a challenge that may be insomnia, which you think is your physical health, but it turns out there's a mental health challenge to that of stress management. And while you're addressing both those aspects, how this challenge sleep is affecting aspects of your life, it's identified that that stress is coming from a financial challenge. So on that exact same platform, you're now speaking to a financial counselor as well. So again, it's taking something, we're taking these bubbles and we're smashing them together and providing a solution for you that. Our ideal goal is every person that has access to this, they go from mentality of where do I have to search for support for my wellness or health to, oh, I'm just going to go to this one place right away and proactive. Perfect. I appreciate that because, you know, I think, well, you said it, you can't really treat all those things as silos, right? They do impact one another. So it's great that this is the product that you bring to the table for people. And I think now that people have a, a better understanding of that, they can probably reach out to Robin to <laughs> be able to see if there's a fit for their company. Yeah, absolutely. Hayden, I want to go back to the people just for a second, because you mentioned a name and I think he deserves a shout out and that's Corey Klein. I met Corey probably two years ago. We hit it off right away and he was the director of sales. I know he's moved into a different position and of course we're growing our firm. So Al and I recently reached out to him and said, Hey, can we just pick your brain? And no one has extra time these days. And he hops on the call and listened to you know what we were thinking and had some great ideas and gave us some insights and gave us an invitation to you know call him up at any time. So I think that's indicative of 
the type of people that Dialog has done a great job of attracting into the firm. And again, this isn't a commercial for Dialog. It's just my own personal experience. But when I talk to whether it's Sharif or I chat with Zach or Valentina or yourself, to me, it seems very purposeful, the type of people they're going after. So I just wanted to give a shout out to those people because I think they've done a great job. That's not my question, by the way. That was just a commentary. Do you have any regrets about, like, would you do things any different looking back now? You started in politics, you took this pivot over to sales. If you can go back in time, would you change anything? Or even we can look at it from the perspective of, is there anything you would wish you'd known earlier looking back now? A lot of lessons I've had, albeit in a relatively short career, just six, seven years, a few in politics and now in sales. But I guess starting with what you first mentioned with what would I have changed, it would have been being a bit more intentional in terms of when I made that career transition on where I would have landed. I've had a great experience with all the companies I've worked with, but I felt that I was coming with that career change mentality of I'll take whatever role I could get to transition my career from politics to sales. Whereas I found a big difference when I mentioned when I found dialogue was I was being intentional myself as well in terms of finding the right culture for me. And I mentioned really taking time to understand what I was looking for in a company as well. So I think that would have been the biggest change I would have made. In terms of learnings. I think the biggest lesson for me was starting out in politics. And I mentioned I ran a campaign. We ended up losing that campaign by, I believe it was 226 votes. So very, very tight. And I felt throughout that whole time, I was driven by, I guess, an extrinsic motivation to learning about politics, but to help win that election and, and win that campaign. And ultimately that's setting me up for my next role and my next step. But stepping back after that in a deep reflection, I realized that you need to be motivated intrinsically. And I find that when an extrinsic motivation, a flame will never burn out. But if it's intrinsic, if you're driven by, and right now I'd say my motivation is, is to improve every day. So to, to be the best version of myself, to bring the most value to clients I can and help to, to solve problems and bring the biggest impact as possible to new clients joining Dialog. And I find a difference there is it's truly an intrinsic driver of self-improvement versus something that to say any goal or milestone, once it's hit, there can be a plateau of what's next. That would be the number one lesson by far is to always understand that when you approach something, come from it intrinsically. And the second would be, and I still struggle with this one, patience, understanding that no matter how much effort you put into something sometimes, like an election that you lose by a very close margin, that some things are ultimately beyond your control and, and you, you can't influence the outcome, but to be more focused on how you react to that news. What's that quote to understand there's some things that you can't change, but to accept what is, but I hope that helps get the second point across in terms of patience. I'd agree with that one. It's funny. And Al will probably chuckle at this because I come up with these grand plans and, you know, I get frustrated that it can't happen tomorrow. And you just, you do, you have to have that patience knowing, okay, it's one little step at a time and you will get there eventually. So yeah, patience is a big one. That's a recommendation for anyone that I would mentor in business to say, you do have to have that patience about what you want to accomplish. And just as long as you have that discipline and that, and that consistency, you're going to get there. Well, We've ended up at my favorite time in the uh, in the podcast, and that is uh, Al's signature question. I still remember Al coming to us and saying, hey, do you think we should be asking this? And it was an immediate yes. So I'll turn it over to Al, and then Hayden, the rest is up to you. All right. So there's a saying that goes, a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting? 
what first runs to my mind in terms of supporting people around me and building people up around me? And what would those trees be? How can I impact somebody more than I may ever know? I guess my colleagues jumped to mind first. It would be back to people make a culture. And I've been very fortunate to work with some amazing people who've mentored me and taking the opportunity to pass that forward to some people that, that I've worked with and help them to provide them advice and to see them grow professionally themselves. That's been very rewarding. And that makes me very excited because I found an opportunity really only presented itself to me at dialogue. I, I felt previously when I was working in politics, it was a much different environment. Working very small startups, I found that often in business development, I was a, a team of one. So I think the benefit too of finding the right fit and being in a culture where I could benefit myself and I can immediately pass that forward, that's been very impactful for me. And then second, one of the greatest compliments for me is I mentioned alluded to to building trust earlier and forming genuine relationships with people that may have been strangers six months ago, but but now both partners. And I think you receive praise from partners or, or clients or, or, or people that they went out of their way to say, thank you for the work you did. I'm tremendously excited in dialogue. The impact dialogue is going to have on my company. Take that dialogue back when I was on the campaign trail as campaign manager. I remember after the election, I'll get we lost by a very tight margin. A lot of the volunteers came up and they were thanking me and saying, thank you. I was inspired by you. I kept knocking those doors because I saw you doing it. And, and I saw you lead by example. I was inspired by you. And that, that was a case too of, you don't stop and smell the roses sometimes. So, so back to that, you might impact somebody more than you would ever know. That's an example of when I took off the blinders in that moment to hear that I wasn't thinking I was going to affect on people. But I find those moments are the examples to that point too of planting the proverbial seeds. That's a great answer. And I think you've had the, I don't want to say good luck, but the good fortune, I guess, of being by the sounds of it in a couple of careers where you've been able to have that ability to impact some people. And you just talked about it, obviously, with dialogue, you know, what the company is doing and what you're doing to help people out with their mental health, amongst other things. Again, something you may never see the benefit of, but definitely people are going to be impacted by that. So thanks for that. And Hayden, don't be surprised if you know, 20 years from now, and again, I say 20 years because I reached out to someone recently on LinkedIn who had mentored me when I first came into the business and I had gone to work with this person. His name was Dwayne Snow. And for a long time, I didn't think about it, but something happened where I thought that person mentored me and set me in a direction, made that first experience so good that I ended up staying in the industry and eventually creating my own company. So don't be surprised if it's 20 years from now and you get a LinkedIn, someone just saying thank you. And to your point, you don't know necessarily what impact you're having on those people, but I'm sure you are in some way. So you might get that surprise email or LinkedIn message down the road. So anyway, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your journey. I think it's really interesting, especially coming from the politics and pivoting into sales. You don't see that every day. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Dialogue? Feel free to add me on LinkedIn. I'm sure we'll make sure to tag this in the posts on there as well. But feel free to shoot me a message and, and connect. I'm, I'm always happy to chat and, and meet new people. So uh, please feel free to reach out. And also, thank you so much, Robin and Al, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Our pleasure indeed. Fun. So that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or rejoining the conversation on LinkedIn. And always, always, always remember success leaves clues.